got to remember what Oliver Stone did because he's done some movies. Oliver Stone? That's a lot. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah, Oliver Stone, he did uh, JFK, you know, with Costner. Yeah. Platoon, Natural Born Killers. Yeah. Headline today, Oliver Stone calls John Wick franchise disgusting beyond belief. <laughs> Come on, man. I understand if Scorsese's coming for Marvel, he's like, that's not cinema. Yeah. But John Wick, the franchise is like, it knows what it's doing and yeah. it does it really well. Yeah. I agree. You can't devaluate. Devaluate? Devalue. Devalue. De-evaluate. No. A genre. Oh. Right? I don't because know. of, I mean, it is exceptionally well made. You have to admit. I don't know. I do have to admit. And I can you talk do. about it a lot. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about a different film because that's, we're playing a little bit of ketchup uh, and mustard. Ketchup and mustard. We're going to talk about Creed 3 really quick. Did you, you actually, you saw it. I could say yes. And, <laughs> no, you didn't see it. <laughs> I, could, <laughs> I could pretend, but I'm not going to. Uh, no, I didn't see it. But I'm, I'm actually very interested in uh, Michael B. Jordan. I'm very interested in whatever is going to happen with Jonathan Majors. I'm very interested in Michael B. Jordan as a director. And, and so I'm, I'm kind of bummed that I haven't seen it yet. But you hate Tessa Thompson. And that's why you didn't see it. <laughs> I don't hate anybody. <laughs> There's several... People you hate. No. <laughs> That's okay. There's nobody uh, I hate. Yeah. I, I did. I saw this. Uh, yeah. In cinema. And I think I saw I remember saw you were right, like, oh, Jonathan Majors before. Was it? I think I saw right after the news broke about his. No, it was before. Oh, was it? You saw it before. Damn. Yeah. That broke my heart. Because Creed 3 was, uh, you have to really suspend your disbelief in terms of like, oh, these these people are now fighting like this guy's nobody and now he's fighting for the world champ uh but if you can swallow that very large pill uh it's really good you know I've swallowed larger michael jordan does his thing he's always strong but uh obviously the star was jonathan majors who right after that film was outed as being a total sociopath and an abuser he uh was beating his girlfriend or something and i think he just went to court right and marvel hasn't said anything right uh, just yet because they're waiting to see how it shakes out. I honestly don't know. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's like back and forth about it. So, for uh, those who aren't in the know, Jonathan Majors is this guy who shot up through stardom in the last few years. Yeah, out of A24's uh, last Black Man in San Francisco, yeah. like pre-COVID, and now he's everywhere. He yeah. was Marvel's big bad for the next phase of their cinematic Three phases universe. Yeah. The next booklet. And as fast as his career rose, it has fallen because of, well, not just allegations, but actual, like, uh, well, we, we literally, we really don't know. And that I, I kind of know. We kind of know. (laughs) Sometimes you know, even if you don't know. (laughs) And that way you know. (laughs) We do know. No, I'm saying, but like, it hasn't been official yet. Marvel, I think, is already looking to recast him, but, uh, we're still waiting. But Creed Creed Three was another one of his big yeah. titles this year out of several titular titles. Yeah, his title for the champ, and he owned it. I mean, let's take ten seconds to separate the art from the artist. Uh, Jonathan Majors is an incredible actor, and probably being a sociopath lends itself to being an incredible actor, like Kevin Spacey or Tom Cruise. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. I do. Uh, but he it, Creed he made Creed Three essentially. Uh, it was rough because there were a lot of things in, well, depending on who you talk to, going against that film, like they completely extricated Stallone. Oh, yeah. A lot of behind-the-scenes issues with him and the people who own the rights to the franchise. 
So he was out of Creed three. Oh, but Michael even, B. Jordan, he wasn't even in it. No, I think they mentioned him once, but because they had to acknowledge that he's not there because he was a big part of the franchise yeah, up until now. Totally. I mean, it is Rocky's, you know, franchise. But <laughs> uh, yeah, Michael B. Jordan, like you said, he got to step up to director this time from Ryan Coogler. I think he did both of the first films. No, just the first one. Oh, I don't know who did two. I don't either. Um, but Michael B. Jordan, as far as the directing goes, I thought he did a really great job. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm excited to see what he does. He he talked about a lot how he brought in anime influence, you know, in terms of the fight scenes and some of the stylistic approach to shooting that. And there was a really cool sequence in the final fight, although it was a bit rushed. It was animated? No, it wasn't animated. That would have been sick. It, it goes into like the shadow realm, you know, where it the crowd just disappears and they're still in the stadium or something, but it's just it's just Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors. Whoa. That's cool. In the ring, going yeah. tap for tap, because the whole point of the story is like these... It's very personal. Very personal. They're essentially brothers who grew up together, and now they're fighting for, you know, you could argue it anyway, for their right to survive you yeah. know, because of their upbringing. Yeah. To make a name for themselves, it's for everything. So, But it is very personal, mm-hmm. and it was a cool approach to see them just isolated and going at it in that way. Uh, but you know, outside of that, it's probably going to, for many people, including myself, rank below the other two entries. Cause you know, Creed one, an incredible entry for Michael B. Jordan. Creed two had all the stuff with Dolph Lundgren and his son. What are they? They're called, uh, what's their name? Family name is Lundgren. No, in the film, their character is Vago Drago Drago. Yeah. That was a, a great incorporation. And there was a lot of character for the, for the, uh, bad guys there. And I'm trying to remember how Creed Three ends. I think Jonathan Majors loses because, of course, you can't have Michael B. Jordan lose. Naturally. As far as the heavyweight title goes. Dun, 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 oh, but they dun, cut, dun. they uh, there's an understanding. Like Jonathan Majors, I mean, full spoilers at this point, he loses. But there's like a, you know, there's a tenderness that opens up because Jonathan Majors had to lose in the ring to Michael B. Jordan, who mm-hmm. he had always seen as being someone who was weak. kind of stole his life because uh, the backstory in a nutshell is Jonathan Majors was the boxer a few years older than Michael B. Jordan's character Creed but uh, Jonathan Majors character he goes to jail for for whatever it doesn't matter and loses his life so he had to fight Michael B. Jordan in the ring to you know establish himself it's the classic macho yeah. man's man yeah. he has to he has to be known so sure he sees him he sees him and uh, while Jonathan Majors loses the fight, it's like there's an understanding now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyway, cool movie. <laughs> yeah. Sad that Jonathan Majors is a psycho. Really excited to see what he could have brought to Again, Marvel. we don't know for sure. But we know. Well, anyway, what are we talking about? We're talking about John Wick. John Wick? Four. Four. Did you ever think they'd get this far when you saw the... F- I mean, you didn't really... You saw the first one when it yes, came out. Yes, I saw the first one. Did you think when you saw that film, this is going to be one of the premier blockbuster franchises of our time? Kind of. You kind of knew? No, no, no. It's just that like, I know that like Hollywood's always trying to make everything into a franchise. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, if this goes, it'll go, and then it'll go. It'll, it'll be in the next Fast and the Furious or something. So. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like I'd even give it a little more credit. I feel like every generation, or even once or twice within a generation, there's a franchise. Like 20 years ago, we had Jason Bourne. 
that really reinvents oh my god action it's jason Bourne for the masses you know in, in it, holistically like yeah the way it's shot the way the story's told and john wick i feel like has has done a lot to try to claim that not not necessarily the big blockbuster name like mission impossible or even like you said the fast and the furious but john wick has really carved out its niche as being this you know amazing choreography very simple bare bones story especially with keanu reeves as your lead <laughs> But it does everything it's doing very well. Mm-hmm. You know, I like I like that these movies have essentially a more simplistic story. Yeah, like you have character needs to get from point A to point B, and there's obstacles. You and know, there's like, amazing world building around that. Yeah, yeah. But you don't it's have to get the lost. other the other actors. Yeah, every character they bring in, they're so quality. Mm-hmm. You know, you have these amazing actors that support Keanu Reeves, who's like he he's never been considered like. To Good. be to be well to be well known for his acting skills, his prowess. So, but what he does he does have is like his look and his image, and he's really good at keeping his physique and um, yeah, portraying his physical attributes on screen. So, like you have a lot of really good actors surrounding him. He's not talking a lot. Mm-hmm. He's not saying words a lot, but but other people are talking, and you have like you said, character building, world building. Yep. And World building. Yeah, yeah, characters. Yeah. I would just say I totally agree with you. It's not like he's going to win an Oscar, but there's an authenticity to his performance, and I feel like there always has been. Yeah. I and agree that, that I is agree such an that. ingratiating yeah. thing when you're yeah. seeing the film. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I mean, a part of that, of course, is how it seems like he's such a nice guy in real life. Yeah. Which, well, I, we know that he is. Yeah. He gives well, you him, never know. He gives most of his <laughs> money away. You know, his, like, his whole story, Keanu Reeves is like... He's, he knows. He's like an angel. Tragedy. Yeah. Many yeah, times over. Yeah. M- much tragedy. He's like, he's so uh, awakened to life and what it's actually about that he's like, I'm, I'm just existing and trying to do good in this world. And yeah. here's how I want to contribute to the world. And he gives most of his money away. Mm-hmm. He treats all of the crew that he works with on his films like really well, better than most other actors. He's constantly giving them gifts and greeting everybody which a lot of actors don't do um so there's a lot to be said about him as a person i and i think it only makes people love him more because in in the day and age where everyone's being canceled and me too you have people like keanu reeves who are just very quality and kind of just get that this is what life's about and they're stand-up people that are that like we're able to look up to for who they are underneath the rest of what an actor stands for a lot of times which is pride and and selfishness and ego ego or capitalism and yeah the elite so you strip all that away keanu reeves is like what's left and it's very easy to love him it's Mm -hmm. very easy to follow him like if keanu reeves was like i'm gonna run for president i'm like awesome (laughs) like that like it's exactly what we need, yeah. especially in the day and age where people that, you know, become president are usually people that are famous these days. But John Wick is a really interesting franchise. I have a lot to say about this film. I didn't actually see two and three, but I did see one and four. <laughs> I did a recap. I watched a YouTube recap of two and three before I saw this. That's all you really need. Yeah. There's, and I that's feel coming like I feel from, like I didn't miss much. I'm a big fan of the franchise, but I could tell you personally, that's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> I liked one a lot and I liked four a lot, to be honest. I think one and four are the best. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. 
I, I feel like I did the right thing by <laughs> well, you know, by you, somehow missing two and three. I don't know about that. I feel like there's depth. I mean, I mean, you could just talk about your enjoyment as a moviegoer. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm making like they're a fun jo- movies I'm to watch. Making a joke, like oh, okay, <laughs> joke. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, I don't actually mean that, but you could. <laughs> I mean, there are some people who who might you know relate because you know you well, you just said one and four are the best. I was like, yeah, I made the right call. <laughs> And I stand by that. Like, honestly, if I had to rank them, and I wouldn't, but if I had to, I'd probably say it's like one, four, two, three. Okay. You know. So three is the worst. Uh, I mean, the the bar is still high, but Parabellum, which is what three is called, is um, <laughs> is, is honestly the weakest of the four. Is it? I didn't even know I had a, like a subtitle. It did. It, most of them don't. I mean, none of them do, <laughs> but three did. <laughs> and let me just say, let me say now, I love this franchise. Parabellum. Parabellum. Uh, these, this is one of the few franchises that, in my opinion, and this is high. I know I'm typically known as, as this sensationalist, hyperbolic movie lover. What? But I would call these films. Uh, I mean, I would call this franchise, in my opinion, tonally perfect, which is something I can't say for many movies. Tonally perfect, in the sense that it is executing so well on its premise and its style uh, as a as a franchise that I. Even though the movies come and go in terms of quality, you know, for for one reason or another, like it might drag in some parts here or there, but it, there's never like a, a tonal whiplash, which I hate. I absolutely despise yeah. that, and you yeah. get that a lot with Fast and Furious blockbuster films yeah. in recent days, yeah. even Marvel films. You know, oh yeah, 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 for sure. Where it's like, oh, oh, what, like Quantum Mania was like shockful. That yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and John Wick movies, they're always they know what they're doing. Yeah, they're and, very steady. Yes. Very steady. And I love steady, you know. <laughs> you, I just want things to be just as they should be. <laughs> yeah, and when there's a baseline established, you yeah. can do some really incredible stuff. Like, yeah. for instance, the stunts in John Wick 4 are really exceptional. I'm going to stop right there. We're going to do our song of the day. And this song in particular, I do have one for this one because I remember oh. there's this really cool scene in this film where it busted out an old Justice song. Oh, yeah. called Genesis and I was like blown away by the fact that like they use that song in this movie because that the one where I haven't was... heard it in a while it goes yeah great soundtrack yeah that's a good one to put here This was actually a really interesting version of the song because they cut around a lot of the intricacies and they kept it to be just like on beat. Mm-hmm. And it was at a really cool scene where he was climbing up these stairs 
that I've actually been up before. Really? Uh, anyway. Is that in Paris? Yeah. In the end of the movie? Yeah. Now we're back. Well, hello. And we're back. Betty. But that was something else that was really cool about this film for me. Everywhere they went, I was like, I've been there. I've been there. Because I've been to Paris. You've been to Japan? I'm in, in, the, in like the third or like oh. the, the, the last half of the film. Got it, got it, got it. Got it got kind it. of primarily takes place in Paris, France. Mm-hmm. And I've been there. And so like everywhere that they went, I was there, including Sacré-Cœur. Sacré-Cœur. Which is uh, the Sacred Heart, which is up on the hilltop kind of overlooking Paris. And that's where they decide to meet to do the final duel showdown. And, and the stairs that he climbs up are like kind of infamous for being like, the most insane climb too long. Like, yeah, you just like, you just don't want to do it unless you're Parisian and you're used to climbing and walking everywhere. But so the very, very end, he does this like fight scene. He has to like, it's like a, you know, like a massive boss battle where he has to just fight and climb his way to the top. He gets at one point, he gets knocked down entirely all the way to back to the bottom. Oh God. And then he has to start again. (laughs) And that's where the song is played. But, uh, yeah, I, I like I had climbed those steps. I had been to Sacre Coeur and uh, every little aspect of it. The what's it called? The arch. Yeah, the arch, the famous arch, which really is just is a is a big traffic circle. But <laughs> that was and, a and, really and that was a really cool scene. Yeah, like I, I I don't think I've ever seen. I mean, apart from maybe like the most recent Mission Impossible films, where Tom Cruise is doing some more realistic stuff, uh, stunts. Realistic in quotes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just mean like. You, you know, he's actually doing, uh, they're doing stunts that are more practical, yeah. not CG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant by realistic. It's, they're actually, you know, practical effects. I felt like that scene, the car scene, was like very practical. Like they didn't utilize a lot of computer graphics in it. Maybe they did, but. I'd be so curious to know how practical that was because it was chaotic. It was awesome. It was so good. And, and so that's kind of the main point we should touch on for, at least I want to touch on, is the action. Mm-hmm is impeccable that's what this franchise is yeah it's action relies on its action (laughs) and they always deliver yeah and they're always upping the game i think john wick 4 requires uh more suspension of disbelief i think john survives a lot of what would probably kill uh many human beings like jumping out of a fifth or fourth oh yeah story building yeah but you know within that it's still like you said very practical very accessible in terms of like believability you know like oh that's like still a person it's mm-hmm. not a superhero yeah although he, he's blurring the lines over time it does yeah uh but yeah very well done one of the exceptional f- sequences in the film is going to be out of that paris sequence where he's in the building and he has the dragon's breath rounds and he's shooting and it's like an over the head yeah. Yeah. camera shot totally and it follows him around like it's a video game like yep. hotline miami and he's blasting, I think it's mostly a single take, he's blasting his way with these incendiary rounds, and it's incredible spectacle to see, you know, on, mm-hmm. on the screen. Mm-hmm. And it's tracking him overhead through the entire floor, and then he ends up fighting, you know, the dude with the dog, the tracker. I can't remember his name. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that was a great, that was several minutes long, and it was such a fun... I mean, the way that they shot it was yeah, gold standard alone. You know, Probably, was... I mean, the, you know the most iconic scene out of the film. Yeah, it was really, really good. Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen was in there. Played Kane. And yeah, he was awesome. He just was like another character that they added um, that was <laughs> tracking him down the whole time. The producers saw Rogue One. They're like, we need to do a blind Donnie Yen. And Bill Skarsgård. Bill. What a great smarmy, swarmy, smarmy? Smarmy. Smarmy villain. The, what did they call him? The What? In the movie? His, his title. 
was like Marquis. The Marquis, yeah. This delightfully evil Frenchman who plays the perfect foil to someone like John Wick, who's trying to like yeah. the huge ego. He's trying to, you know, orchestrate, pull all the strings to to rise up in this criminal underworld. Mm-hmm. And then he runs up against John Wick, who's mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> he's the unstoppable object. Right. Yeah. Yeah, this this movie had so many great actors. Uh Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. The Matrix reunion was, you know, present here, which is cool. They even say in the third film or something, he's like, uh, John Wick says, like, I need a weapon or something. That's funny. Uh, This was Lance Reddick's, one of his last performances. Yeah. So Lance Reddick, unfortunately, passed away, like, I think, like, the week that this movie came out, right? Yeah. Which is sad. I think it was, might have been dedicated to him, too. It was a crazy um random yeah. like heart attack or something yeah and he Super died sad. in the film which is it made it extra tough yeah yeah uh ian mcshane yeah uh winston he's like the owner of the hotel smart another smarmy um just as pivotal in my opinion mm-hmm. to the franchise yeah hiroyuki sonata yeah i love that guy look no further if you need you know like the 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 sage samurai you know who's going yeah. to give john wick mm-hmm. his his escape yep shamir anderson is the tracker oh yeah that's the guy with the dog yeah yeah that guy was great i hope we see more of him in the future as an actor yeah i mean i didn't i i, I know he's done stuff but i didn't recognize him um sure when he popped up sure but he had a great presence in this what is honestly an ensemble cast of characters so even at like uh, Clancy Brown, I think is his name, as uh, the Marquis, like overseer. He was the main villain in that last Dexter season that we did. Podcast was he on. really? Yeah, he was. The... He always like pops up and stuff, and he's always good. And then he's in SpongeBob. Yeah, like it's, Mr. Krabs. It's so wild. <laughs> what a versatile! Actor. I know he's so he's like one of those actors that's just like everywhere, but you don't know it until you see him, and you're like, "Who's that guy? It's Clancy Brown, man. He's he's gifted. He's a very gifted dude." Yeah. Iconic um, voice. Too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Gravelly low. Yeah. Like that. He can do... He, and because of that, though, his, his range is large. Yeah, you know? for sure. I don't know what else to say about John Wick 4 other than it meant a lot to me personally because it was cool to see Paris. All the action's amazing. It, it's truly outstanding. And the action sequences are great. The villain's great. Bill Skarsgård, like we talked about, was good. Oh, and then I guess the ending, spoilers at this point, is John Wick may have died? Even though it's already announced they're working on John Wick Five, but he he like after this massive battle where he fights Donnie Yen, this deadly duel. like like he doesn't really want to, but he does. He like they kind of go their own way, and he's exonerated. He's cleared. His name is cleared, and then he like sits down on the steps and like kind of falls over, and it's kind of you you could essentially think, oh, he died, or oh, and then at the very end, Lawrence Fishburne and Ian McShane show up to his grave yeah kind of indicating that he's dead and they really sell it yeah you know there's no in my opinion it's the perfect end to john wick's character because yeah like you said his exoneration or his you know validation in the eyes of this you know shadowy criminal underworld (laughs) it seems like he's finally able to succumb to his wounds and move on and this has been truly this four film arc was yeah only i think a few weeks, possibly a few months because of the time skip before four. Yeah. It's this very short period in this man's life. Yeah. After he's lost so much and it feels like this is the perfect place to end it. 
Yeah, the whole idea, I think the through line that's essentially all the way through John Wick 4 is that he's still like in love with his wife. Like he's still reeling after the loss of his, his wife. Yeah. And then the dog that she gave him. <laughs> so, yeah. So he, he speaks to her in a really cool moment at the end and, and then he passes away or whatever. Yeah. Know, we'll see. And I know they, it's not just for confirming whatever the next movie will be in this mainline franchise, but they have a spinoff with, Ana de Armas called Ballerina, I think coming out next year. I don't know where that'll take place in the continuity. Yeah. But I just want to say I love this franchise. I think what Keanu and Chad Stahelski and David Leach have done and all these people, uh, what essentially began as a as a love letter to stuntmen, mm. you know, in, in a honestly a profession that is so Yeah. Like looked over yeah. by Hollywood, uh, you know, everyone, Hollywood, especially in the Academy, if you want to talk awards. And there's always headlines, unfortunately, you know, even this week of stunt performers who are being wounded or yeah. otherwise incapacitated because of their work. I think someone or, just or broke. killed. Yeah, I think, I mean, I was just reading a story today about one of the Fast and the Furious stunt performers who was uh, critically injured. So it's really sad. But I think what they've done, and Chad or David, one of them were they what they were Keanu's uh, stunt performers all the way, you know, back to the Matrix and stuff. What they've done is is really showcase what you can do with quality choreography, yeah. and sh- and and filmmaking in general, because sure. so much action in blockbusters is cut up in the editing to a point where like you can't even really tell what's going on. Sure. Thank you, Jason Bourne, but. It it is really cool to see these long Greengrass. unbroken. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to de you know. Yeah, That's take away from what they did because it mean, was they, really cool. They invented handheld. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> credit where credit is due. But it's nice to see uh, the focus shifted from yeah. that onto just the quality of the choreography. Sure. And you know, Keanu above everything else, being this person who's willing to put in the work, you know, everything from the stunts the martial arts to the gunplay it's just it's amazing to watch mm-hmm. like these guys work totally and I, I recommend checking out the bts if you love yeah the movies because what they do i mean donnie yen all these people too yeah they all put in the work yeah and watching them behind the scenes it really gives you an appreciation for the movies they're making honestly if you've never seen the Ip man films yeah donnie yen and the like like he made four of them Ip Man. Ip, I think they're still making Ip it Man. Too. Yeah, yeah. He's he's the Ip Man, which is like a he invented or Wang Chen, I forget. Uh, which yeah. is a type of martial art which is like very fluid, fast moving. It's supposed to disarm almost any other martial art. People argue that it's like one of the best. I don't know, but <laughs> but the Ip Man was like it's kinda like uh oh he he was the person that taught Bruce Lee. Oh yeah. And and yeah. and so Donnie Yen portrays him and those are really good films as well. Like really actually really similar to John Wick. I don't know if you've ever seen them. But I've like, seen a couple. Yeah. Like uh, one through four are like, it's like watching John Wick again, but in a different setting and different, you know. I always think of the scene where it man's on the mat against like yeah. a bunch of dudes uh-huh, and uh-huh. he's just fine. That's the second one, I think. Yeah, it's so yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, with that being said, here is a song from John Wick 4 that's not Justice. It's from the soundtrack. Maybe the score. Let's go. Here we go. 